Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky, and this week I am joined with Brett Freeman. Hey everyone. Jonathan Lee. Hello everybody. Chance Crawford. Hello, hello. And the Kentucky Derby winner, Rich Strike. I don't think he can speak, but... Did you see that, like, he was biting all the other horses? Like, yeah, he looked he pretty It was crazy, man. He was, like, angry. That horse is absolutely mental. They need to uh, run a blood test for steroids or whatever it is they oh, give I horses. I guarantee this horse is, like, poked <laughs> up. He was, like, straight up, like, chomping at the, uh, the I think they called it the mule or something. But the bit. Trying to bring him into the, uh, the pony, maybe? I forget the name of it. But it was nuts. Um, so congratulations, Strike. So let's jump into this week's episode. Uh, we had the East Coast Gamers Tournament this past weekend, and uh, it was a charity event. Uh, Mike Bird did a fantastic job, as always. It was a nice replacement to the other charity event that they Campaign ran. Against Cancer. Uh, Campaign Against Cancer, thank you very much. And... It, he did such a great job. It was so awesome to you know go in and get all that prize support. They raised three thousand dollars for the uh, I believe it was the PF Party Dragon um, charity. So kudos to Mike. He did such a great job to that. And like I said, if you went to the event, it was awesome. Like you, you just walked out with so many cool things. Brett somehow managed to get his grimy little hands on a Adepticon N one. I sure did. I tried All to steal it earlier in the day. All because he had a tie. Foreshadowing. Um, I, I think the MVPs, though, of the entire tournament may have been Mike Bird's parents. I've never seen harder working people in my entire life talk about Saints. Uh, they, they were definitely great. They were controlling all the prize support in and out and everything. And, uh, like I said, definitely kudos to Mike and everything that he had. He, uh, did and but let's talk about the tournament and actually why don't we pull up the list fortress for this event um brett do you want to talk first about your day well maybe we should go in true baron's fashion and have the person who finished lowest wow. talk about their day Andrew. okay i'll talk about my day so I went four and one on the day. Uh, I was four and now going into the final table, and uh, I went up against Tom Traz, and Tom is probably one of the best players in the area. He's probably the best, and maybe probably like the only good KFC player. Um, what are you talking about? Um, so Tom Tom was spectacular. Um, but we'll we'll start we'll start off on my day. Um, I played. Uh, a good amount of I uh, played Ted from Liberty Squadron. I played Paul A from Nipa and Liberty Squadron, um, and then I played a couple other people. And, and like it, it was a really fun day. Uh, I ran Maul with Java and Contraband, not Contraband, uh, over two modulators and eight and everything like that and maul just had non-stop mods the entire day i highly recommend that list uh he didn't have veteran tail gunner which was okay i think he still was fine with it but just having non-stop mods really made him shine he was definitely the like 
primo. I was never forced dry. I was constantly being able to score as many hits and all the rerolls and like being able to spend that green token on uh on defense rolls really kind of makes it I'm sorry with Lando I, I missed the Lando that he can spend green tokens and reroll two dice. Uh really made like the day like the best. Uh I also ran it with Boba and Ahav and Boba I think was a little bit I wouldn't say on the um like he's Boba, he's strong, but he's also kind of like ten points. So it's like if you're not getting the double shots with veteran Tail Gunner, it's kind of hard to be like, okay, I brought all these points and it's not pulling its weight. So I enjoyed Maul, but I don't. I think if I were to bring this list again, I would um, maybe switch out Boba for like two five pointers or maybe something a little bit more. So I did bring a three ship list. It was essentially a two ship list because Ahav is that two point. I'm just going to run around and tag objectives the entire time. And it it was fun. I was able to really kind of be like, okay, my job here is to kill things as opposed to really kind of taking care of objectives because a lot of the objectives were, you know, you were with a three ship list, you're just kind of not being able to fulfill a lot of things. Like, you, you know, you, you can only tag one or two buttons per round. You really only want two people carrying crates. And, uh, you know, King of the Hill, you're, you are very limited to where you can uh, keep ships because if, if you're keeping those uh, ships close to one thing, your opponent's probably going to be like tagging everything else and, and racking up the points and that's really kind of what tom did in that final um I, i'm gonna skim over my first four matches real quick just because i i don't want to like really go into too deep into them but one of the things i kind of did notice was uh with the 2.5 edition is people i i think in a tournament setting really kind of have to like identify um win conditions and i not saying that people had a hard time doing that but it was kind of like i had a clear vision of my win condition and i um there was like i, I want to say like three of my matches i kind of like looked at my opponent and was just like okay this is the game like and they didn't identify that like that's like i'm just killing this ship that has one hole left and like that's the game like that's game over and like i don't think they understood that like that was the end of the game and um i i get that's still a new addition but i also think at the same time like that's going to be really the uh the point that like separates like the the packs is that like people that are going to be able to identify the win condition and lose condition as opposed to not being able to so then uh Going into the final uh, rounds where both me and Tom were uh, four and zero, uh, Tom, the best uh, KFC player, probably the only good KFC player. Why um, are you picking this fight? I, I just cannot support this. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, you know, they are all very good players. Not as good as Tom, but um, I made a fatal mistake and stressed them all, and it, it, Tom capitalized on this, and he identified it, and um, as soon as I made that mistake with uh, Maul, he, like I said, he was able to capitalize on that mistake. He called it, and 
that was the game right then and there. And like, and it, and it was only like the second round that I really made that. It might have been the third round, but I made that mistake. Tom saw the mistake, and um, that was the game. And it, it's kind of funny because like that's when you think of like things like chess, like the players are kind of like even to a certain point, you know, between uh, you know, I think it's the black players looking for the tie, or is it the white player that's the black the player looks for the tie? Yeah. The black players looking for the tie. And it's kind of like I felt like we were at an even parallel up until this point that I made the mistake, and then um, which was round two. It might have been round three. Okay, so you guys were totally even round one. Got it. Well, obviously we were even round one, but I'm saying even round two, it was like very like uh, I would even say like I was maybe slightly ahead in round one, and then um, round two, I think we were pretty parallel. Like it was probably even out, and then I made this mistake, and uh, like I said, Tom capitalized on it, and there was no way of me coming back. From so, um, it was interesting to see that these games can swing that hard this early, and uh, um, I, I really, I really think that was the game breaker. So, uh, I ended up four and one at the end of the day. However, uh, you know, when you have ties and some people don't lose because they have a tie, they end up higher in the ranking so i ended fourth in the day as opposed to brett ending up second in the day because he tied so i'll take it over to you brett well before we go to me um so you had a three ship list you were going into the final undefeated uh and it gets announced that it's scramble like that's just a pretty bad draw for you right so it, it is, I mean, and it isn't because it's like I have two large base ships uh, or a large and a medium uh, base ship. So it was very, um, okay, I need to try to set my uh, my missions or objective markers in a way that I could probably try to capture two objectives in one turn with uh, either Maul or Boba. So that's what I kind of try to do. I try to keep them. But that's not Scramble. What? That's not the mission that it was. It was no, it was it was a uh, it wasn't scramble. It was a uh, it was the king of the one. I think it was scramble. Mm, well, we didn't play that. Okay. <laughs> we played uh, whatever the king of the hill one was. Let's okay, well that sounds fun. fine for you then. Right, 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 right. So it was uh um the I'm sorry, what is the king of the hill one called? Uh, assault on the satellite, right? Assault. Or at the so satellite. we played assault for so I'm pretty sure that's what we played, um where. Uh, it was, we, we did, uh, like I said, I tried to put my objectives in a position where, uh, we, I, I was able to try to capture two objectives at the same time with a large base ship, but it didn't really work out that way because he had the arc, uh, with Ivistan and, uh, he was able to really kind of converge onto uh, my ship. So, like, if we weren't tying things, he was just one up, and uh, it, it didn't work in my favor. And like I said, the uh, the mistake that I made uh, of Ibtisan, is that how you say it? Um, thank you. So, what do you want to do? You want to talk about Tom's list then? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like so, there yeah, was just yeah, yeah. a, a a strong interaction that's probably what cost you from what I've heard, but I, I want to hear your your thoughts on everything too. So the the mistake that I made was definitely the trajectory simulator with uh, Sabine. 
Yeah, okay, that's that's what I heard, was that you had a reinforce, I think, that that got jammed off. So, right, and uh, this is just me being lazy and not looking at his list, and then me me reinforcing when I had three ships or four ships in my uh, front, and I was just like, okay, you know, I I reinforced, and not realizing that Sabine would just jam it off, and here I am sitting stressed, and uh, I was just like, okay, and then I could never recover from that stress. So he was able to jam it off, and like I, I don't think I took a lot of damage, but the fact that I was had that stress and that I couldn't uh, pop my overtune modulator next turn because you have to be unstressed when you pop it um, just completely killed Maul. So that was um, the big the big thing. Like even if even if he uh, um, were to stress me that round with Sabine and not take it the next round, I think it would have been fine. Like, I think I would have had a, a turn of being stressed and then being like, okay, well, I'm not going to be uh, stressed next turn uh, because I'll just clear it off and then take the damage or try to bump and keep as many shots as uh, um, maybe like range zero or try to get out of arc with Maul, um, as crazy as that might sound. Uh, what was my objective? But it, like I said, it didn't work on my uh favor because i was lazy and didn't think about sabine and uh like i said that that was the downfall of what happened uh, at least in my eyes um but like i said tom played great he uh absolutely capitalized he was able to uh get the shots that he needed and then as soon as maul dropped it like that was the game there was no point in uh uh moving forward So, do you so, think you would have been happier playing Scramble? No. Okay. Just, just <laughs> curious, since that was the scenario. But It was! <laughs> um, Alright, well, hey, good job. Rematch! You, uh, you know, you almost pulled it off. You still, almost. You still let me down, but I understand. Um, well, you know, at least I didn't draw. Yeah. So, I, uh... I was flying a uh, a very uh, a very fun Jedi list. Um, uh, was Hawk in the uh, the lat with barrage rockets, Ala Secura, and dedicated Plo Koon with CLT, the crit droid, instinctive aim, concussion missiles, Predator, Obi Wan, uh, CLT, concussion missiles, heightened perception, and instinctive aim. Uh, Barris with CLT, Concussion Missiles, Extinctive Aim. It's almost like that's a really, really strong type of uh, build for these Jedi. And then Contrail with uh, just the, the free Besh title. Um, and uh, it's a list I have been flying for a while. I've gotten a lot of reps in with it. And I think it's, uh, in my mind, the strongest list in the game right now. I, I haven't found anything that feels really even close to it. Um, except for maybe other Jedi lists that just have very minor... Uh, tweaks. Uh, so I ended up going four wins and one draw. Um, the draw was in my second game uh, in Chance Encounter. And uh, I have to say that it was my first draw ever in X-Wing uh, since there used to be Final Salvo. And it was probably the one of the worst feelings I have had in X-Wing. Almost to the point where I think I would have rather just lost the game then I had to deal with this draw because I essentially am out of the tournament now. I cannot win. Um, and I still feel like I didn't really do anything wrong. Um, I just got, uh, 
you know, the points just didn't necessarily work out in my favor where I pull off the win. So it, it was really a disheartening feeling, and it has kind of just been my, my rant now for the last, what, like, week and a half, I guess, or week, however long it's been, that I just really hate the stupid time mechanic, and I, I, I just cannot stand how it completely uh, can, can warp your entire day without actually having to take a loss. So, do we want to talk about that, or do you want to continue about your day? Uh, let me just go very briefly in my day. Okay. I just want to give a, a, a few shout-outs to, to my opponents. Um, I, I had uh, five very fun games. Uh, four of the people were people I have never played before in a tournament. Uh, that was um, Jason, Chris, Baron, and Zach. Uh, Baron and Zach, I uh, talk with all the time, and it's, I just never have actually gotten paired up with them, so it was really nice to, to end my day playing, uh, against those, uh, those two guys, they are both very good players, uh, despite what Andrew says, as they're KFC players, I think they're, they're great, um, and, uh, I'm not saying that, I know, I, so I just, you know, I, I enjoyed all of my games, um, but I, I still can't shake that, that feeling, so, that, that's all I necessarily need to say there. Um, just It's a very strong list. Um, I would recommend anyone give it a try because you will probably face something similar to it in a tournament. Okay, so do we want to talk about ties? Yeah, let's talk about stupid ties. All right, this is where I think Brent is 100% wrong. Now, granted, I, I think... I, I, I think the tie system needs some fine tuning. And I think if I were to be one of the devs, I, I think there should be additional tiebreaker where it is mission points um, is the final tiebreaker before you go to a tie. So like, let's say it is scramble and you have four points or eight points or whatever and your opponent only has seven points um and, and i know people are like oh you have to track that too well you it's easy you just subtract uh your ships that were destroyed and there you got your mission points um from your final score so i i think that needs to become a final tiebreaker before it actually goes into ties now brett didn't really have that situation because we were in chance engagement which i also think is a I think a lot of people are sleeping on, um, and I, I know a lot of people when you know we're playing in casual night, people are just throwing chance engagement out of the rotation, which I think is kind of wrong, because even though chance engagement is the traditional way we used to play X-wing back in the day, uh, engagements are a lot different. That one point could have mattered. Um, I think it's it's. Still a little bit different than back to traditional X-Wing uh, from back in the day. Now, with that being said, going back to Brett's tie, Brett, I mean, like, you are tracking points throughout the entire day, or the entire game, right? Like, so you know Correct. when you're at half points, you know when you're destroyed points. And this is going back to, like, old school crates of being like, well, you knew where your ships you put your ships where they were why didn't you put your ships in a better spot to be like i'm not gonna tie like were you down before or did you like were you trying to catch up no i, I was up the whole time and 
I mean, so the score ended up being 9-9, to and Plo went from full to dead in that last turn a, a little unexpectedly. So, I, I mean, I... I was looking like I was going to be in a nine to four win, and then all of a sudden, the you know the floor fell out, which you know happens every now and then. So, like, what what was the problem with Plow? Um, he took a couple of unmodded shots that just did a lot of damage. And like, oh, he took the unmodded shots that he had forced. Like, what was the problem? Uh, he had one force left, and he just, and it just. He did you have a way of getting Plo out of there? Yeah, I mean I could have I could have just disengaged. The problem was also it was only turn five. Um I was not expecting that the game was also already about to end. So um I, I thought I had one more round in there. Um and I was about thirty seconds I'd say from having one more round. Um I mean and all that is just part of the game, right? Like that I, I can't complain too much about that stuff. Um, but I, I do think that the feeling really sucked and we ended up having three or four ties throughout the day and, and everyone seemed to agree that, wow, this was really, uh, not a great experience having a tie. Right. And and I don't think that it's really like a problem as far as, um, like people are making it like it does suck like i mean like granted like it, it shot you up to the second place because you didn't lose another game the entire day so you technically didn't lose the entire day where you also didn't win but i, I think at the same time granted you would have made cut like as far as it's concerned um and and that's that's the thing like if if there's gonna be a cut like i i get it i guess like it's fine it's just when it's just a swiss day that's when it's a real feels bad type situation um and you know i i think the mission points being the first tiebreaker is a very good idea um i don't see why though there's any reason to not have a second tiebreaker which could even just simply be a coin flip like final salvo was bad right i think most people will agree final salvo was bad and it changed the way lists were built and made some perverse incentives kind of but uh i mean if you have a 50 50 tiebreaker i think that's more desirable than having just what is essentially a, a, you know, you can't win the tournament for both players. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I mean, like, I, I get what you are saying. Uh, but like, I, I also think at the same time, like, like, um, like I said, I'm going back to like old school crates of like, could you have had an out that you could have done? And I definitely could have, right? Like, if right. I, I could have just simply noped out of that engagement with Plo, and... Uh, and would you do that next time? Uh, no, I think that I still made the correct decisions, right? Like, I, I try not to be too much of a results-oriented player. Like, I just want to have the, the highest number next to my poker hand, and if it doesn't work out, that doesn't mean it was the wrong call. So I don't think that I would necessarily uh, do that. I... I don't know. I'd really have to think about about that. Uh, if I 100% knew that it was the, the last round, then I, I guess maybe. Like, I I win without doing that. It's just if there's another round, then I'm in a horrible position. I mean, like, granted, like, I, I get we're in a like spot that we don't know the times and then uh, we're not supposed to know the time of how much time is left and all that fun stuff. But, uh, I mean, 
I think you should have like a general realization. You said it was only turn five, though. Yeah, I mean that that was kind of what what threw me off was you know I feel like generally in chance you get like seven to eight turns, so yeah. I was expecting more. What do you guys think, Chance and uh, Jonathan? Sorry, I was muted there. Um, as far as what exactly? Um, let, let's say like okay, we'll start with uh, if you are in Brett's position and you know that the game could be over this round or not. Uh, are, are you taking that risk of? I mean, I think so. It's funny because you two are both completely opposites as far. I think Jonathan. If he had that chance to shoot, he'd probably take it. Where I think chance, if you had the opportunity of bailing, you'd probably take that too. So if you know the t- game is that tight, like if you are counting your points uh, appropriately and you know that losing plow could result in a tie or a loss, are you taking that chance of uh, of losing him and not putting him in a position that you could that would save him? I, I, it's going to depend on how I think the rest of the match goes and if I feel like I've learned my opponent well enough to be able to judge what they're they're going to do. If I'm feeling unsure or or what, I'm probably I'm probably going to disengage Plo and not and not take that not take that chance. Um so I think it comes down to the the specific the matchup and and who I'm playing against, but yeah, I, I probably do have more of a tendency to to go with a slightly safer route than some of those Hail Marys. Jonathan, do you have anything? I mean, um, not knowing when the game ends is the hard thing. <clears throat> so, I mean, like Brett was saying, if he had disengaged Plo and then there was one more turn or two more rounds, then... What what might have been what what's the right move in a five round game is not necessarily the right move in a sure. six or seven round game. So, good. Like I remember once, like I was in a tournament and I had uh, my opponent won, and he had said, "Hey, uh, if the game had gone to ninety minutes, you would have won." And I was like, and then I said, "Hey, you know, if the game won at sixty minutes, you won." And we both knew the game is seventy five minutes. So we knew what the conditions were. So he totally did win. But um, what I mean to say is that the. Yeah, I guess like not knowing when the game ends, really, you just have to take it one round at a time, I guess. So, OK, my my uh, game of chance engagement, um, it, it was kind of funny because like we were down to I had two ships left left. He had one ship left. And I had Boba facing the corner, like a top corner. And like, I I guess he thought I was going to be turning with Boba, but it was kind of like, if I knew if I went one straight, I was going to go off, uh, not go off the board, but the next turn I was going off the board. Uh, but I definitely would have had a shot this turn. And I know Maul would have definitely had a shot this turn at the um, at my opponent. And... It, it was kind of like that that point that it was just like I understood my win condition and I, I mean like I 
granted, I understood that there was a chance that I would be, if I rolled three blanks and three blanks on my red dice, that I would absolutely lose Boba by flying off the board, almost a full health Boba too, like by flying off the board. Um, but it, it was a chance I was willing to take, and it was still I was ahead, and it was like I understood that I literally just had to push one damage through. So it was kind of like I, I think I made the right call by doing it, and um, I, I mean I granted I knew that I wasn't going to tie there, but I think at the same time I understood that my win condition was pushing one more damage through to this ship, and. By creating the odds of rolling six dice against a one agility ship, I was going to push one damage through. So uh, um, I, I think it goes back to really understanding the win condition and the, like I said, risk management. And um, granted, I know I there was a very, very slim chance that I could have rolled six blanks and... Uh, or even two hits, and he would have been able to roll a uh, roll two evades on that. But I, I still saw the chance of doing it in my favor of being able to roll with mods and getting those three hits and killing the ship. Um, so uh, I really want to want to reinforce that this is a game where you have to understand your win condition. I mean, Jonathan, we played that game just on a Tuesday night, uh, on a casual night, and you were ready to concede to me. And it was like, I was like, let's play this out. And like within like being able to PS kill with heightened perception and maul off the table really kind of swung the game completely. Yeah, I was not aware. It felt like I was losing, but I was not aware of my win condition. Right, oh, wow. and and, uh, and I think that is a, that is a huge thing, and and I guess it kind of comes down to like, uh, is you're counting ships, you're counting points, um, and understand when you're going to be out or not. So, Brett, I mean, like, do you think like going forward, would you uh, take that into consideration, or do you think you would still do the same thing? I mean, I. I definitely am thinking about my win condition quite often. Um, I I still think, and and this is kind of the the game you're that be like taking your tie condition from now yeah, like, on. And this is the you know the the kind of game I guess that that AMG wanted, right? Like I didn't know exactly how much time was left, um, and I therefore had to I guess choose to engage because. Uh, if I don't there, then Plo's gone for the rest of the game. Like, there's just no doubt yeah. about it. Um, so they made it so I was in a situation where I had to play the game more. And I guess that's kind of what they, they want. Um, so I, I really don't know what I would do in that situation again. I don't feel like it was uh, the wrong call, but I just feel like it went poorly. So I'm... I'm trying to not let that sway me too much. Um, right, because, I mean, some other ship, I guess, could, could roll blanks and have just died there. Um, and, uh, you know, if things go slightly differently, then I, I end up potentially losing the game in that situation. So, um, I don't know. I just know it felt really bad, and I would be happier with some type of tiebreaker mechanic. And I, I think the mission points one is a good idea. 
Um, and while it might not have mattered for this game, uh, I mean, there are plenty of chance encounter games where someone does get that one mission point. And, uh, you know, it, it can be huge. Yeah. Um, so, oh, okay. Well, why don't we talk about chance engagement for a second? Um, or we can talk about it for a little bit. Uh, so, like I was saying earlier, I think chance engagement is one of those ones that, like, people are kind of sleeping on and then people aren't realizing that like it, it is a slightly different uh game as uh, as 2.0 x-wing is concerned like where there were a couple times where like one point actually does matter and especially if like you are in a spot where it's high is happening um that one point could have pushed you over the edge where as opposed to not pushing you over the edge and when you tie at any point and like i know a lot of people like even kind of miss always be checking that range too bad because something could blow up or something could be like okay it leaves the range too bad and then uh you get a one point and then then i mean i think if you get two points even that's that's like spectacular but uh i i think it's something that people still need to practice it's something that people still really kind of have to get used to because it's not the same as 1.0 or 2.0 uh dog fighting it, it is something that is uh your engagements i feel like are different your turn zero is probably a lot different um so why don't we start with that like turn zero uh as far as chance engagement is there anything that you strike as um being very important for chance engagement I think uh, more so than 2.0, partially because that middle objective, the rock in, the rock placement is slightly different. Because um, depending on how you place that rocks and how those lanes are created can kind of determine sometimes if going for the center objective is worth it. Sometimes it's worth it and there's no downside. Sometimes you can push going for it, you can put yourself in a very obvious uh, uh lane that your opponent can end up using to flank or outmaneuver you um so i think rock placement got a little and i mean really got more important in in all of the scenarios compared to the old game but uh in just basic chance engagement and i love us talking about me so much um i definitely think rock placement is much more prevalent so with chance engagement, what are you doing with your rocks or uh, obstacles it, like in turn zero? Are are you doing anything special? Are you still trying to make certain like uh, it, certain like so like I mean like when we, we talked about like before with turn zero where like a lot of times you could corner an objective to really kind of get uh, identify where you are on the map as far as things or are you doing something different like where you're making choke points or are you making lanes or anything like that it it kind of depends on what kind of list i'm flying against for example if i'm flying against a list with a bunch of big bases i'm probably gonna because i personally usually almost always bring rocks um i'm probably gonna use those and try to clump them closer together or whatnot to try to potentially limit the maneuverability of bigger ships but against just jedi as an example who are very maneuverable and and can generally not have to worry about them as much, I'm probably using them to try to create either a clear lane for me to the center to score a couple extra points, or uh, lane, try to set up jousting lanes 
um, versus just trying to limit where other the other player's ships go. So it partially depends on what I'm flying against and what I think the uh, the other ships are capable of. Right. Uh, there's something that kind of like crossed my mind with uh, running uh, rocks in a chance engagement is trying to make like almost like a range to barrier with your rocks where like you could try to like uh, make like a circle on your opponent's side of the to really try to not deter them from going in. But like it'd be interesting to see what you can like almost build like a barrier uh, and then really kind of set up a lane that you could. uh be like, okay, I'm going to try to funnel your ships into this spot, or see if that's even viable. Um, but uh, other otherwise, um, like, I, I think it's pretty clear that you're probably sending your like weak ship into that circle, and if you're you're sending your weak ship into that circle, and then, or if you're throwing your entire force into that circle. Um, I, I think the engagement in that circle is very important, and uh, I, I think that's what people kind of really have to identify during their games. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rather, where the obje- where the engagement's going to happen, like uh, per se, like, yeah, as opposed to it's going to happen here on the left side of the board or the right side of the board where there's no objectives. But I mean, if you bring your full forces into that circle, um, you you can really try to force that engagement on certain points, whereas opposed to, but and, and so I really think turn zero is definitely still important, but um, I think it's going to take a little bit of a uh, getting used to to really identifying everything. You can also sort of you can attempt to force a joust as well if if you fly up in her hanging the center and getting the uh the center objective and your opponent's trying to circle around or whatever they might be setting themselves up for a better engagement but they're going to be going into that engagement with a disadvantage on points potentially uh and that gives you more incentive to be able to disengage potentially afterwards if you're already up versus having to go in a little harder to try to make up a difference and, and like I was saying that people are probably throwing their like weak point into it. I'm curious of like what happens if you throw your strong point into it and uh, be like, okay, I'm gonna take care of your like uh, weaker ship or a weak something, and then uh, or it, it might even just come down to if you both are jousting, one of you are clearly wrong uh, type shenanigans. Um, I still think there's a lot of I, I guess strategy in chance engagement. And like I said, that that's where I really like come down to like people are sleeping on it. And like, I, I get it's exciting to play the new things and it's exciting to try new things out with them. But, uh, it, there's so much strategy involved with, with the center objective and the, um, and the forced engagements that it really kind of provides. So what I do is I put an obstacle, about three quarters of a range uh, directly in front of the objective, bet- like on the opponent's side, uh, just to try and cut out the, the easy, straightforward, uh, you know, objective point capture. And I always make sure that I have multiple options. It's usually just two, but sometimes three 
um, from different directions to get to that range two area, depending on what other people are doing. Um, if I'm completely out initiative, for instance, then I am just going to try and fly everyone straight at it and say, you know, if, if you're going for it too, someone's going to die because my whole force is about to hit you. Um, but if I, if I have the ability to make some delayed choices, that's what I do. I make it so there's just going to be one ship at range two usually, and there's not going to be any shots. And the next turn, my entire, uh, you know, group of guys is going to come and, uh, be ready to attack whoever you, you sent in there, or I've gotten a point and I can continue to go slow with other people and get the optimal engagement. Here, here's a question. Um, uh, as far as target priority with chance engagement, if you notice that, that like all of your enemy ships are outside of range two of the band except for one, are you changing your target priority to the one ship that is in range two? Or do you think it's still um, more situational as far as this ship could hurt me later? I'm going to take care of this ship where I might lose a point because maybe my ships are not within range too. So the, the objective points in my mind are just gravy. Like it's, I think rare that I would change a decision strictly based on the objective point. Like if you put Boba in there, right? Boba's full. And I'm like, Oh, there's only one guy in range too though. Like, what if I take him out? Like if I all of a sudden decide to switch targets to Boba, I've made a mistake. Um, but you know, if it's just Ahav in there, for instance, um, and, you know, maybe I have some very bad shots on Boba flying away, or I can take out Ahav and get that point. Like, yes, I will, I will do that. So I, I think it's, uh, it's just one extra wrinkle, I think, in the target priority decision, but I don't think it should be, uh, anywhere near the most important one. No, I, I definitely agree. Like, I, I think if it's a boba in there, I'm not worried about him. But uh, definitely, if something like Ahab is uh, in there, then maybe I am searching something that I can can kill. So. Yeah, and and with that being said, I also once we're in that engagement, try to make sure I have at least two ships that are close to that, um, because then I don't need to worry most likely about giving up that point, even if someone dies. Uh, because, I mean, that's really where the games can be lost, right? Like, all of a sudden now, you've lost five squad points because your ship is dead, and now you're giving up one point, and odds are your ships are not in a great position because you weren't expecting to need to get back to that same same spot. So the next turn, you might be giving up another one. Uh, so I think it's more important to just play defensive to not give up that point than it is to necessarily switch your target to make or to give you a better chance of capturing it. No, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, and then otherwise, I, I think the the concept of chance engagement is the same to really. Uh, so okay, let's let's switch this to late game. Um, so we're we're talking about when you have full ships and everything like that. Uh, late game, are you still worried about that two point um, or that one point in the two range band, or are you kind of going after like trying to kill the ships like oh, what do you think about that or are you even thinking about that i i'm always personally trying to keep someone in there i don't want to give up free points like 
five percent of the entire game is is just a single point right like if if i'm giving up one to two points i've really put myself in a big hole now if i know i've got the game right it's it's 18 to 3 or whatever and i can just go chase the ship down and end the game there like i'll probably do that but if it's a close game like you know the one we were talking about for me like i you need to stay in that objective because otherwise you're probably going to cost yourself the game Definitely. All right. Does anybody else have anything on chance engagement? It's a dumb name. The name Chance is dumb. Dumb. It's a dog's name. Sorry. Wow. Just, just <laughs> wow. I haven't heard that in a long time. Uh, I had to. I had to throw it in there. It's the rose. Rose all day. Yeah. Blame, blame the alcohol. Blame, blame it on the alcohol. What's everyone drinking tonight? So before we segue into our next com, uh, topic, I am have this bottle of rosé that was left at my house, and I decided to drink it, and uh, I feel good. And your face is getting red, my friend. <laughs> Dude, it's uh, delicious. Well, I am also having something delicious. I am having a Mike's Hard Strawberry Lemonade. I tell you what, I... Whatever floats your boat is the mantra that I live by. Agreed. So, so unlike Brett, I'm not making Mike hard lemonades out behind the gymnasium. Yeah, Brett's going to hide the case of empty glasses under his bed. I don't want to get caught. I am drinking a 2SP local brewery, Aston PA and Delco. Uh, up and out, hazy IPA. Uh, I always say drink local. Drink local. Uh, Brad, I can't believe you were telling all that, talking all that shit about KFC. Yeah, they know I would not do that. Okay. I'm scared of Kristoff, like, taking me out at the knees. I heard, like, Kristoff is, like, a brutal guild leader. I mean, probably. I, charges... I, I wouldn't... Mm-hmm. He's... Does he really? No! Oh, He's... that would have been, like... Kristoff is, like, that... the sweetest man ever. He is, and that's why I was, like, so, like, uh, what I was gonna say, what we were gonna say was that Christoph charges a uh, like a clan fee, and I thought that was hilarious. Um, and I didn't believe it because, like I said, Christoph is the sweetest uh, man in the world. Um, but I think that would be awesome. Like we should make sure that everyone knows that Christoph is a uh, It will kneecap you if he ever comes across you and doesn't like you. But if he loves you, you're set for life. Mm. That's why you're he's a made man. That's why he's you're my godfather. Uh, such a happy man. Um, all right. So we, it's been a while since we've talked about uh, expansions or anything coming out. We're going to talk about the clone Z95 for a little bit just because is we had some leaks coming out well not leaks but amg gave us some pilots and we know the dial and it is exact is it exactly the same as the, the dial is, the dial is the same yeah it could this be like i mean could you use an old other dial is it like i guess it says clone z95 head on there and just doesn't say z95 head on no you can use it because it's just it since it's a z95 head hunter it's like using the Okay. Um, 
Oh, no, wait. That's the model you can use. I, I don't know. Sure. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, if it's the same exact, it's fine. Um, however, uh, I going through these pilots. Oh, no, I lost my spot. Uh, going through these pilots and the ability and everything. Yeah, I think that this is going to actually have a... I, I want to say a huge impact on the Republic faction. But I think it's better than the Tarrant. I, you know, the V-Wing is okay, maybe. I mean, Contrail is the two-point ship there for now. Um, but I, I definitely think that this is going to have a place because I'm looking at these pilots and I think they are all pretty solid. Um, uh, but why don't we start off with the chassis ability? So versatile frame, you can equip one torpedo or missile upgrade while you're, your revealed maneuver is blue. Add a white boost to your action bar. So that's assuming that they have uh, enough loadout points to bring a torpedo or a missile. Um, what is okay? I think the only thing that we really have to look at is. What is it? Uh, killer? That you get to add a dice to your um, missile that we were talking about earlier. And also the boost is, I think, awesome. Because that is one of the big things that uh, I just like about the other Z95s. Is that their action bar is just very, very limited. And I, I think uh, a boost is a really nice addition to that. Especially when you have like the two banks uh thrown into there and the three straight right the three straight bank boost like that that is huge and those other z95s would kill for it right um yeah definitely it's something that like i wish this versatile even i don't even care about the missile or the torpedo but having that boost on that action bar i feel like would be so great um so what do we want to talk about first? Well, you you, you, you already about? mentioned Killer. Do we want to just okay. go into uh, Killer? All right, tell, tell me about Killer because you are our Republic player. Sure. While you perform an attack, if the defender has two or fewer hull remaining, you may roll one additional attack die. If you do, gain one deplete token after rolling attack dice. Uh, he's an I2, uh, and the, the stat line for the Z95 is the same as always, just twos all across the board um so yeah this is not limited to your primary attack so if you are doing a torpedo against an a-wing for instance like a proton torp you know you're rolling a five die proton torp now uh because they only ever have two hull um or just having a, a three die gun seems uh against a ship like that also seems very strong since it's I too, it's probably going to be shooting very low in the the lineup, so there's uh, a good chance you could push some damage through on other ships to to get them to the two or few huller or hull remaining threshold. Um, the deplete token afterwards really not that big of a deal. You can just do a blue maneuver, uh, so it limits your dial a bit, but um, you know the, it seems like a pretty reasonable trade-off. Uh, a lot of people are speculating that this might become the new two-point uh, ship in Republic or be a second one uh, just because the ability to get these extra dice in, in certain situations is kind of similar to the abilities that Scum and Rebel already have for their two-pointers. Um, 
So I don't know. I, I think it's a pretty cool idea, and the fact that it could uh, potentially work with torpedoes and missiles if there's any loadout points for them seems like it could uh, could make it very strong. I give it one thumb up. One thumb up. Uh, so I'm curious if like the loadout is going to include a missile and then the versatile frame could include a second given these things barrage rockets is probably a bad idea yeah and it's not actually clear if that works because it just says you can equip one torpedo or one missile upgrade um if you already have a missile upgrade slot does it give you a second one right i don't know that's for the fly better hosts to figure out I mean, it's for AMG to tell us the rules. Thanks, D. <laughs> yes. We'll see. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, it would be really good if, like, they just didn't have that on the loadout, like a missile or a torpedo. Um, I, I think that's what I'm really hoping for, is that, like, on the loadout it is, or, like, the whatever, the upgrade, it just doesn't have one of them. Because then uh, it would be my understanding that you could have a second one. Yeah, I, I would be happier if they just don't have it. And then right. it's just very clean. Think, like, you just got to take your concussion missile or ion missile or whatever. And we don't have to deal with that that quandary. Right. We'll see when we get the points. Hopefully soon. Uh, my bet is a week out. Chance said three days. Two days. One day. I'll say, I think there was a ruling on the resistance, because this kind of, this ship ability is very similar to the hardpoint upgrade ability on the uh, T-70 X-Wings, and Nine-Num in the T-70 for his loadout also has a missile slot, Uh, and I know people have been talking about being able to equip barrage rockets, and I think even D-Yoon had mentioned that in one of the Fly Better episodes. Um, so I think as of right now, if that, that hard point, or in this case, the, uh, versatile frame, uh, would allow for like a barrage rocket if the ship also has a missile slot as well in its, uh, regular right. loadout. Right, right. That's the kind of what I was saying was that, um, if it, if in the loadout it has a missile and then the versatile frame says this, I would assume that I can take barrage rockets. Cause it's kind of like some, like the, uh, M3A where it's like you can't have a hard point where, um, so it does give you all that option. Well, then I hope they don't um, have it because four die barrage right, rockets sound nasty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I said, I got a feeling that they won't. And if they do, AMG, you fucked up. Could you imagine four die cluster missile double tapping? With this guy? Uh, let's move on to drift. <laughs> uh, while a friendly ship at zero to one performs an attack, if you have exactly one non lock red token or exactly one orange token, that ship may re roll one attack die. Um, I like this. Um, I was telling you guys earlier that uh, it's. I, I think I was looking for ways to get red and orange tokens without having to do a red barrel roll, and it was. I think the consensus was the debris gambit, which might not be a bad option, honestly, if you uh, or squad want to keep this thing alive. Because or squad leader, because debris mm, gambit sure. has that drawback where sometimes it's going to be a white action. 
Right? Does it say you must? It says treat just it treat it as white. So it's okay. So yeah, you do. No, yeah, I guess Wadley have very few other points, but I can't see it having a loadout points for some reason. I don't know why. Which... I'd be pretty surprised if it even has an, an EPT almost like. Mm-hmm. Um. So maybe it's best that you, if you are flying in a, like I think this is cool if you are flying in a tight squadron, if you are flying something that's probably not Jedi. Um, or maybe even Jedi, but like I feel like this is something that like you want to keep in a formation, formation flying, and uh, really capitalize on your ships being zero to one. And um, we have something similar like this in Republic, right? The, the sinker. Y-wing. Thank you. Well, so yeah, um, in the uh, not in the Y wing, in the uh, what is it? In the arc, it's right? Six points. Right, 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 right. But uh, dedicated, I, I think that came up. But I, I think I, if I'm the enemy of this, I'm shooting drift. Like he's my target priority, no matter what. So I'm not even going to let him get dedicated off. I think I'm going to kind of force that red token onto myself. So if I fly in a tight formation, um, trying to barrel roll and failing it might be the right option. Or if I do have that option to bring to pre gambit, that might be smart. And if you are close enough to a uh, rock, maybe you can just back roll onto the rock and uh, fail the action. But do we really think clones as a, not clones, but Republic is even like a, a formation flying faction? Like They have a lat that basically lets you re-roll two dice. So I think I'd probably just stick with that as opposed to drift. Uh, how many points is the lat? Five. With you know, 24 loadout points or 23 loadout points. I think it's going to be... What if this is two points with no loadout? Then I'm going to bring Drift. But I'm expecting he's <laughs> going to be more than two points. Like, they are always very scared of these type of force multipliers. Um, sure. And I don't necessarily think that Z95 or Torrent or uh, uh, V-Wing Swarms are going to be the thing. But, uh, I mean... It could be like you throw this with a bunch of torrents, and they're all bringing barrage rockets. Like that could hit really hard. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, all have dedicated, yeah. so drift stays alive. Now you have dedicated. Um, I, I think, it, of course, always the disclaimer is points dependent. Uh, drift could be really good, or um, especially if he's cheap, you just bring him to like possibly get those rerolls, and I think that would be really cool. It is nice to see that uh, AMG has learned, though, or FFG learned about the uh, red token target lock tricks that we all learned to uh, exploit. Yes. yes. That is really good. Um, chance. Why? Yeah. What, what is the best Z95 and why is it stub? Uh, <laughs> so, man, stub. So while you defend... <laughs> You, if you, the speed of your revealed maneuver is even, you get an additional defense die. Uh, so when you're doing those uh, two, like hard twos to disengage, or a, do they have a four straight? They have a four straight, right? Uh, yeah, 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 four straight, or even a four K, you're getting extra defense dice. 
Um, and then when you're doing your one speed maneuvers or your odd maneuvers, you get to roll an additional attack die. So you have your one, the classic one forward and one banks. Uh, but then also the Z95 has all the threes, so three hards, three banks, and three straight, which is also blue. Um, so this die is rolling, this, this ship's rolling three dice one way or another, uh, no matter what. And it's very easy, I think we can all agree, to just do one-speed maneuvers almost the whole game and uh, consistently just be a three-red attack ship uh, on what will most likely be uh, a inexpensive platform. Um, now, the one thing to note, unlike uh, Killer, the, his ability is on primary only for the uh, additional attack die, so no uh, torpedo or missile shenanigans. Um, so the, the, there's no there's no downside to the ability. There's no strain or depletes or anything. It's great when you want to be a you know, want to be on offense, but there's also a flip side that when you want to either you know, secure a crate or disengage to not give up points or something, you can do that and then suddenly be a uh, three green die ship and have that extra little bit of survivability. There's just no downside to the ability at all. It's also way easier to keep track of than the keeping track of the your speed and your opponent's speed maneuvers that Republic seems to have a lot of. Um, I, I definitely like this uh, ability. It, it looks fun. It's it's cool to be like, nah, I'm going to say like a end game ship, but it's, it's cool to be like, okay, I have two hull left, or I have one hull left. I'm just going to bug out and get the heck out of here and uh, try to uh, Go four, four straight out of there and get the heck out, and then roll one additional defense die. But I, I, I like that. I, I think this ability is really cool. It, it's definitely a cool filler ship. We'll say that. Yeah, it is a very cool filler ship. Um, the fact that there's no one hard is very important, I think, because if you could be doing a one hard and getting that extra die, that would just be sick. Um, like I like that you. Uh, if you're doing a hard turn, you're probably doing the two hard, and then you're not getting the extra attack die, or you're having to go really fast with the three hard. Um, so it kind of feels like a little wild. And the the chassis ability with the the banks being blue and the two straight, getting that extra defense die, it seems like a really good way to uh, set up for the next turn. Do a three K, and then you got your third die. Right. Uh, I think it sounds like we all. We all agree at least that Stubb is the best. I'm not sure if Jonathan agrees. We haven't heard from him on that one yet, but Stubb seems cool. I agree. He looks really good. Uh, <laughs> that you, you control when his ability procs, so that's pretty important. Uh, yeah, so I think if he's two points, he's a must-have at three. I think he's. I'd still. I think I'd put him in every Republic list. And apparently there's this new ship in his artwork that uh, is supposed to be cool. I don't know anything about it. But uh, yes, the Umbaran uh, Starfighter. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's. Uh, it was yeah. featured. Uh, it was featured in Clone Wars. It's a um, General Trell arc. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm. I glad you remembered that because I didn't. But um, it'd be a really cool, unique ship for the CIS, and give them a, a small base ship that uh, doesn't have to take calculates. <laughs> it's the uh if you watched clone wars you know how general krell is the jedi who 
looked exactly who's the same species as that guy who runs the diner in uh attack of the clones yeah attack of the clones yeah like they're both the same alien species and one of them is a diner owner and the other one is this uh famous jedi general hmm. i should watch clone wars it's same. good let's have a viewing party andrew you know we should do like an off-topic podcast and uh just critique I think that, that was episode. our session on the Kentucky Derby today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Kentucky Derby is, like, canon. The fastest two minutes in sports. I mean, no, watching what was the second uh, uh, worst Star Wars where, like, they are, like, on the horse and running through the casino. That was basically the Kentucky Derby, right? Oh, in uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. Oh. So the Kentucky Derby is canon. Sure, it works for me. Rosé all day. Dress, <laughs> um, dress in seersucker suits and make mint juleps. Oh, I'm, I'm wearing a hat. I need a fancy hat, right? You are wearing a hat, but not the right <laughs> kind. <laughs> I didn't, didn't and, take you for a fancy southern lady. Uh, it, and Rosé is kind of like a mint julep, right? They both have alcohol. So does a Mike's Hard Lemonade. And just as much as the Kentucky Derby was in The Last Jedi. Uh, do we want to talk about Warthog no. and Hawk? Warthog and Hawk are the same exact abilities, right? Yes. I mean, I mean just so, presumably cheaper. Right, 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 right. So, and probably not as much loadout. Um, Warthog is... I mean, okay, so like, let's touch base on Warthog real quick. I, I think Hawk is whatever. But, I mean, if Warthog is, like, a two-point ship, are you bringing him? Yeah. Like, he's really good at two points. He's too good at two points, right? Like, that I mean, that can't be a thing. Yeah. Just say, isn't any ship really good at two points? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, you're right. Okay, let's say he's three points. Are you bringing him a three points? In the current in the current scenarios, like it, his ability is only on non-limited ships, uh, which right now, especially Republic is flying, and really every faction isn't flying generics. So the ability I don't think is as useful as it used to be, because you're kind of holding yourself back to take generics, to take Warthog, so that they don't get removed when they die immediately. I don't. I, I don't think that trade-off is worth it. I'm with Chance on this one. Like I, things need to change significantly before I would be interested in trying like a you know a Warthog type uh, like spam list. Uh, but the exciting thing is there. It sounds like there's probably three more pilots coming out for this. So we're gonna have a whole another set of leaks. I bet. Wouldn't yeah, that I mean, potentially like... just be the generics? No, there's twelve ship cards. And probably two generics and two copies of each generic. So I think there's going to be eight pilots total. That's my hope. I mean, the, the highest it goes up to is four, which is Hawk. But, so it would be interesting to see if we have, like... Yeah, where's Oddball? Oddball. <laughs> what if we have a Jedi at a Z95? Is that, like, even possible? In the clone Z95? I don't know. Oh yeah, true. That. Anakin I six I six Z ninety five with three force. Four points. Four points. I'm in. Great. Baby Anakin with a torpedo so slot. 
Do you want to take fat Y-Wing Torpedo Anakin or the slim and cheap Z-95 Anakin? Yeah, pro- probably probably this Y-Wing. one. You take the Y-Wing, really? <laughs> I think so, man. The Y-Wing doesn't die. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, but here <laughs> you can... You doesn't can, die as fast as this. You can boost, no. use your instinctive aim, get your torps off. I've got afterburners. It's fine. <laughs> Fair. That's that's very true. All right. So uh, they they're both good choices. Republic yeah, best faction. They're both bad choices. <laughs> what am I talking about? Nathan Idy won with Y wing Anakin. So that's because he's Nathan Idy and we're not. That's true. Rich Strike would have won with Z ninety five. Anakin. With those eighty to one odds, that's basically like him saying I'm flying a Z ninety five swarm. Basically. <laughs> so do I only need to buy one? One of these boxes? Yes, I think yeah. so. That's that's what I I'm think. doing for sure. You know, I, in the old days, I would have bought two or three. But now I would. I think I'll only get one. Because it's hard to imagine flying more than two. Yeah, I mean, it, certainly, at least initially, right? Like, maybe yeah. maybe they, they shock us. But I, I'm definitely Man. only ordering one right now. So I don't want to talk like too much about the road class tonight. But we can talk about it next time. But, like... I definitely want to fly three of them, and I also am like, fuck, that means I gotta buy <laughs> Yeah, I cursed! <laughs> um, you already did earlier, don't worry. I got it. Oh, okay. I just decided uh, to I, let it go this week. That's fine. Um, but, it's like, ah, I gotta buy two boxes, which is four, which is probably fine, because it gives me some cool, like, I guess, ship. I didn't. It's scum and separatist. I didn't know that. Right, but I I've got a feeling the road class is going to be really good. Um, there's a lot good. high potential for this ship, especially with that uh, that title. Yeah, we'll talk. About, like I said, we'll talk about the road class next episode. But it only but has. But it only has two red dice. But I guess it must be able to take these proton cannons. I think in lore they do have a two cannon slot. So if they can bring that, they can probably bring sync lasers, which will give them three dice. The other thing I would point out is uh, I, I hate always bringing it up: auto blasters. I think that mm. thing with auto blasters could be nasty. Auto blasters. You know, and I like these proton cannons. I think. And we'll be able to I find like out what Jonathan yeah. thinks on the next episode. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Uh, so anything else on the Z95 that you want to touch base that we haven't talked about? Hawk. Or 18 upgrade cards are coming with it, so hopefully we're going to get some new cool stuff that hasn't been spoiled yet. That's true. I mean, that would be really cool because... um. I want to buy upgrade cards instead of ships. Maybe new missiles, potentially. That would be neat. What uh? If you could pick, here's a quick one. If you could pick one missile from 1.0 that hasn't missiles. really made Arpoon missiles. <laughs> easy, easy. AMG, bring back harpoon missiles. Well, there you go, folks. This is going to have harpoon missiles with it. I mean, what, what would and you then, pick? Then like, they'll they'll sell out. They'll sell oh, out at every store. 
Cruise Missiles was like a, a nicely balanced. It's like the but, faster you go, the more dice you roll. Yeah, yeah. like uh, uh, I feel like that's something that could make a comeback in uh, 2.0. Got to be real 2.5. careful with that. <laughs> no, I think it's fine because anything in 2.0, they can just be like, all right, that thing doesn't have a missile slot. And whatever, if you're a Z95 and throwing a harpoon missile or a cruise missile, you can just be like, okay, you're a Z95, that's fine. But, uh, like, I, I think if we really, I think harpoon missiles would be fun because they're, like, blowing stuff up. But Would you still use, because har- weren't harpoon, were they three or four red dice? There were two red dice in the increased really? Cruise missile here. No, harp- he asked harpoon. Oh, harpoon missiles are four. Yeah, so that's so that's my point. Would you take like a two point harpoon missile, or I mean a two red die harpoon missile with a better harpoon effect instead? No. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, you just buff. want a four die missile, so that's 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 all it is. That like blows stuff up, and they basically gives a dead man switch to the different that harpoon <laughs> condition was horrible. It was so complicated. It was so cool. Bring back TLT. Let's just do it. Like, what? What are we waiting for? Uh, are we? Are we going down this path again? Okay. We already have to push the Yo, limit built okay, into so ships. Veteran instincts, maybe not, but uh, adaptability, yes. And what if you could change adaptability each turn? No, I don't like that at all. That would be so awesome. That would be like any end phase change. You can flip this card. Now. Now. I still think adaptability could make a comeback. I think that'd be cool. Nah, I think we should keep initiatives where they are. That was just so strong. I'm I'm going to have to agree with Brett on this one. Well, okay, what if it was like you have to flip this card every turn? It'd be confusing. It, it would how, be. How about how about this? How about this? What if uh, there was a card like adaptability, but it only decreased your initiative, but it maybe gave you like extra loadout or or so, something something to that regard, uh, like negative upgrades, like Chardin refit or something. Mm-hmm. When you could also make like an initiative one that's instead now an initiative zero, so it always moves first, basically. I feel like we are just getting getting well off the rails. This is this is Liberty Squadron after dark. Yeah, like, no, but like we, you're still listening at this point. You're uh, we have important stuff to talk about yeah. first. Okay, yeah, let's talk about the important stuff first, and then we can talk about whatever the hell we want. Okay. Um. So, Brett. What do we have coming up? All right, so we have a tournament on May 21st at Showcase, uh, hosted by our good friend Rob. Uh, I'm going to it. Chance is going to it. Andrew's going to it. Hopefully Jonathan's going to it, even though, oh, he, <laughs> I, I got a possibility. Uh, so that would be great. Um, so everyone come and table us, and uh, Andrew will make you templates, and uh, yes. it'll be a very good time. And then on... The 28th is the uh, the next ECG tournament. Um, also a good time. 
Chance and I will also be at that one because uh, yes. we ended up having to cancel our plans to go to the Richmond Open. F. F. Yeah. Well, uh, now that that's out of the way. Just want a real quick shout out. Uh, this is this is Rob's first tournament. He's the one uh, that started all this and is running it and everything. So if you can make it out, I know he would greatly appreciate the uh, the support and knowing that uh, that uh, people are excited to play in an event that he's running because this is his first uh, first go round. I will also be throwing out the prize support for. Uh... Well, Brett will be throwing at the prize support because he has my loot box. But uh, the prize support will be up and uh, pretty awesome for the uh, showcase tournament. So I would definitely recommend doing that. And uh, Rob would definitely put on a good show. And we'll make sure that we uh, take care of everyone that does come. Is there an event at Red Caps coming up? There is an event at Red Caps on the 14th. Um I do not know if it was capped, but uh, we will be able to link the information for that in the description, or the, uh, the description of this episode. Um, so if you're more Philly-based, that is the place to go. Anything else? Any other shout-outs you guys want to do? Mike Bird is a... Mike Bird is just a hero. Like, thank God for Mike Bird. Anything else? Uh, no else. All right. Anything you guys want to talk about? What do you miss the most about 1.0? 1.0? Mm hmm. Got to think about it for a bit. Miranda. <laughs> Easy. Harpoon, Missile, Miranda, Strezra, and Lorik. Oh, you know, I really, uh, I did like Miranda. I really liked Nora in the, uh, in 1.0 also. You can fly her now as Shara Bay. Yeah, like, uh, it's harder to get that combo off in, uh, in second edition. In, it, it, like, there are ways to, like, self-contain it. Yeah, I agree. It's you definitely know? harder and I, now. I really, I really liked flying Nora and Miranda together, actually. Yeah, the two of them were just beasts that hit so hard. I think I flew again. Andrew, you had three TLT cruise missile. What what's Nim's ship called? They were they were harpoon yeah, missiles. Yeah. yeah, I had. Oh, there were they harpoon missiles. They I had were to, harpoon missiles. I had to play you twice in the same tournament. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you uh, win twice, Jonathan? He did. Nice. Did. Andrew, and then nice. Uh, yeah, well, you know what it was? It was Biggs. Biggs was the down I had, yeah. I, I had Biggs, Miranda, and um, Nora. Mm-hmm. Boy, I do not miss Biggs at all. Yeah, he's, it was funny. He's still there. He I is, but not as good. Biggs. Like, oh, man, we can put a bounty if anyone wins a tournament with Biggs. And he's still... Like, you want them to split the fire. And, like, I mean, like, people are still going to... He's still good. I, in some ways, I think he's maybe better. I don't know. What was the... Uh, man, so thinking back at, like, Bearship Rebels, Captain Rex, we don't see him anymore. Oh, his, uh, his, yeah, he got nerfed he's not so good hard. anymore. Yeah. What, what else got nerfed? It was Captain Rex, Biggs... 
Lorik, Miranda Lowrick. got nerfed. Oh, well, yeah, I guess uh, well, Lorik got nerfed, but also so did Reinforce. Yeah. Um, I didn't think they need to make Fen in the Sheath of Pete so expensive. He in, is uh, still yeah. so expensive. Like, like what? Like four years later, he's still unplayable. He yeah, <laughs> he doesn't need to be, especially with force and everything. And he's like, yeah, yeah. What did they just absolutely ban Hammer in one point Into two point Yeah, into two point Omega leader. Oh, that was a sad one. Yeah, What's Juke Omega, Omega leader. Juke That's, Omega leader. Yeah, midnight. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Like right. no one could mod the dice at all, and like you just you target uh, what you target lock and or you bank the juke, you bank the evade. Yeah, bank the evade, keep that forever, and with calm relay, and then uh, you just look at this juking on every turn. I mean, I don't think they really. Oh, jump master. Yeah, they, that was gonna yeah, say they killed the jump master. I mean, I, 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 okay, so the jump master dial definitely got a downgrade, but I feel like the nerfs already uh, came prior. So, like in first edition, I never played like big fat ghosts, but I would play like a lighter ghost, and I, I don't, I liked the ghost more in first edition than in second. I haven't yeah. really played them in second. Like I missed the five k on the ghost. They go to four. Oh, that five k was so game. good. But, like, there are other big ships that can 5k, so they just, you know. Yeah, they, uh, that one is also still paying for first edition since. Um, uh, I don't really, I mean, I, I think Dash, they kind of, they didn't really make them pay, they just kind of made them playable. Uh, bring back triple defenders. Triple defenders did nothing wrong. I completely agree oh. with this. Actually, yeah. it, it wasn't even that that good after a uh, a very small window. Yeah, but it's really fun. I agree. <laughs> like I I would fly them one hundred percent. That was my first list ever at a regional. Also, my worst finish ever at a regional. <laughs> so. I blame the defenders. Oh, they kind of nerfed. I'll show you the dark side. Yeah, that was pretty, uh, pretty was impactful a, in first edition. What a like good movie quote. I'll show you the dark side. Oh, we it. also make a uh, midnight not terrible again. Cause we talked man, about that one. I, I know, but that's what I want. I just am glad that they didn't see any need to nerf any uh, Republic ships coming into second edition. We should do a 1.0 tournament where, like, you just use all the 1.0 points and everything, but you can use yeah. the 2.0. Do you have your cardboard or anything? I no, saved everything. I've been convinced there's going to be a 1.0 tournament one of these days, so I have a giant I mean, box with it all. I think I, I got rid of it all. Worst case, you could probably just print out a Yasby list with the right, Yasby. Just use a Yasby uh, list, and then you can use all 2.0 components. Some of the dials are different, but I don't think they're different yeah. enough to 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 ruin anything. Right, 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 right. That's what I'm saying. Ex so except the Jump Master. 2.0, right? <laughs> 2.0 dials. No, no, no 2.0, no uh, 1.0 Jump Master dial. That's fine. I mean, well, the only thing that really changes is the the 
right turns were white. And the two sloop being red instead of white. Yeah, true. <laughs> that, that was a big change. That yeah, was a big change. Mm. It's almost like, uh, you know, white turnaround maneuvers are really good. That's fine. I mean, the Jumpmaster died once they nerfed the mana rail. Did it? Yeah, I think so. Didn't they win another Worlds after that? Uh, did it? Yeah, I think so. Well, w- wasn't um, that when the uh, Dengar Tell list came in one? Did Nan Torfs have? Did he have two Jumpmasters? He was Denguru. Um, but then Justin was after Nand, right? Or was he before? Nan Torfs played. He beat, oh my, yeah. he beat Kevin Lyons and then he played against. He had, who had Corin? Uh, Corin Miranda. Miranda. Wasn't that the final? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the next year was. Was Nantorf's the last 1.0 champion? Uh, no, no. Robots was Justin? Was, uh, no, Robots with. Uh... Yeah, that oh, was uh, the, Simeon. Uh, Simeon Della. Della Pino? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Nan made the finals again the, la- the next year. Did, oh, against Did Justin? He? Yeah, I think he it was against Justin. Yeah, I think he was flying a uh, a Jess Pava list. Yeah, he did really well because he proved that he didn't get to... It wasn't just because he flew Dengaru that he got to the final table. Yeah, he... I don't even remember what Justin... Oh, he... Uh, Justin... Justin was Dengar Tel. Yeah. Yeah, Telgar or whatever. Or Dentel. And, uh... And I remember one... Yeah, when Simeon flew the bro bots, that's when I was like enough fight. He flew against like control bots, right? He's like the yeah. yeah. Against like uh like a Dutch guy. Control like, this be like even Yeah, Pal Base is one. Yeah. And he had a really good game against Nathan I I think in the semifinals. This is all these, before these were my the time. days, weren't they? Oh, like you like watch the world streams and all the people were like around, mm-hmm. like in the. Well, yeah. And the uh, FFG's announcers were just horrible. I remember that. So like it was better to just watch Gold Squadron streaming yeah. the like the audience and their reactions and hearing them talk than it was to watch the actual stream. <laughs> I just like every time Alex Davy. I like Alex Davy a lot. Like, have you ever met him in person? He's like great. Yeah, I have. So like he's he's just so enthusiastic. He's like equally enthusiastic in person as when I. uh... Yeah, but uh, he's but like he would get all the rules wrong in the stream. Yeah, it it was very humorous. Yeah. Right, you should stop talking shit. And the East Coast or the uh, KFC guys. No one's going to believe this. But uh, I have the receipts. And uh, I feel uh, satisfied with moving on from first edition. Yeah, I'm lucky I got to miss all of the horror uh, of first edition. It wasn't that bad. Not with how some people talk about it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but, but those people play. exaggerate. But they also, they still played Brett, through it. Brett, you're saying that because you were the one making them have a bad time. 
yeah. We I... were all making each other have bad times. <laughs> so you uh, admit it. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously my list was not <laughs> fun to play against, but it was quite effective. I would say I very rarely did I play, like... I did play Fair Ship Rebel when it was good. But other remember, than that, I never played any... Uh... I remember I had to play against Ghost Fen once, and the guy used his ability, and I literally stood there and went, I'm sorry, what does that do? Thankfully, you know, that was the last 1.0 tournament I was it, in before 2.0. I mean, they're definitely... I flew... Uh, I was flying... Was it Racklow? You put Kylo on Rack. Oh, yeah. And then I was, like, repeatedly... I played... Um, oh, blinded piloting people. Yeah. And then afterwards, I was playing Graham, you know, Graham O'Neill. And then I, like, blinded... He had, like, maybe a Dengar or Bosk or something. I was, like, blinding him, blinding him, blinding him. And I was just like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Blinded, and then blinded, I, damage cockpit, your PS0, and you're dead. <laughs> and then I played against, like, at the store. Like, he hasn't... I haven't seen... Like, uh, not Corey, who moved who joined the Air Force, but the other Corey, and uh, who hasn't been around in years. But he had like a, he had Nora in his list, and I had Racklow, and I was just, I'm sorry, blind, blinded, PS0, and it was just profoundly unfun for him, and then never played it again after that. The worst. You are the worst. No, and then I put it away, like, I remember, I came... I saw Jeff Burling at so like in the infancy of streaming, like w like back in the early early days, uh, Jeff Burling invented Dengaroo, right? And he had Dengaroo at Origins at that first Origins, the first U.S. Nationals, and everyone just did not understand. And he played Duncan Howard in the at the final table, and that's one of the first crate streams. Like they recorded it and played it, and. Like, I came back from Origins telling people about Dengaru, and, like, there was, like, disbelief that it was actually good. And then I remember, like, laying out the cards and, like, playing, like, people, and they're like, oh, you know. That's not right. We're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, like, they didn't realize that it was good, and then I did it for a couple weeks, and then I put it away. Yeah. What made like, Dengaru so good? Infinite focuses. <laughs> I can't even just say, uh, is it overclocked astromech? Was that what it was called? Overhinged or something yeah. or unhinged? I don't I think unhinged. There's one where like you could always take another focus. If you spend a focus, you could get another focus or something. Yeah, you, it was just like you could always stress. But you take a stress, right? So Manaru would pass Dengar a focus, right? And he could always generate more focuses. And it doesn't ma didn't matter how many stress he had on him because Manaru could always pass him another focus. It was overclocked R four. You were right. Yeah. So like I, I flew a variation of it where like it was uh, it was Dengar, Ben, and I think like I don't know Inaldra. I, I think it was definitely Inaldra. And uh, that sounds like a Heratani build. Yeah, yeah, it was a Tani before they uh, made a Tani. Uh... Yeah, an Aldratani, I remember. Yeah, a Tani Mind Link, and then... A Tani Mind Link. It wasn't until, like, the dials got too good. Like, before the dials were that good, a Tani wasn't good. Yeah. Because the well, Tani... They limited a Tani to two ships. 
Well, when Atani came out, it was before the Fang Fighter and before it was like before the Fang Fighter and the Shadowcaster and mm -hmm. so like we used to think, just wait, you're gonna be stressing yourself and then all your ships would get stressed. That's bad. And then you ended up with these ships that could clear stress so easily. It was like dial creep. There's so much dial creep. Man, I'm looking at the 1.0 Jumpmaster dial. It was two turn and one turns were green. And remember, yeah, you, could, you could take uh, Unhinged on that one and get all the three speeds green, I think. And then was there's a crew? Did you, was there a crew? Like you did a green move and you got a target lock or something? Yeah. Uh, K4 security droid. <laughs> So you literally yeah. would just do a green move, bump. It wasn't even fully executed. It was just yeah. after executing a green maneuver, you acquire a lock. Yes, yeah, so you get a target lock. You have expertise, so you're double modded. <laughs> you pop countermeasures or whatever, and you have infinite focus, and uh, you could like tank all these shots. It was like... Glitterstim. Oh, man, I miss this now. Scavenger Crane. Ah, oh, man. So many cool things that could be... I mean, uh, oh, Scavenger no, no, no. no. Uh, right Scavenger now. Crane's fine, right? Yeah. I, guess I, mean, I mean, Scavenger Crane is kind of almost just like reload. Right? Like Scavenger Crane is like just, cutthroat. Yeah, it's, it's uh, exactly cutthroat. Shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like... Remember, like, Glitterstim was the first one-use car. Like, it was like a flip. You flipped it after you used it, and... Yeah. Remember our list of tokens. I still have a bunch. A scortus at all. Oh my god. Look at all this like 1.0 dumb stuff. Oh, you know, I missed some pilots from 1.0 that haven't made it over. It'd just be nice to have them. Carner Jacks. Carner, Carner Jacks. I mean, it'd be really great. But Carner, um, even like uh, Wes Jansen, you know? Yeah, that was he was a fun one. Yeah, like a guy who actually appears in an actual movie. Like nice shot, Jansen. Yeah. So Wes Jansen, Carner Jacks. Who else are we missing? Like all I mean, like all the like the Thai advanced pilots from first edition are not there. They replaced them all. Like Juno Eclipse and Expertise. Expertise was the dumbest. Expertise was when everything went off the rails. Oh, that's horrible. That's horrible. West. What's the limit? Uh, Exposed might be like something interesting that could come back. Take West. an action to uh, increase your primary and then decrease your agility by one. Some of the West Jansen. Tarn. Tarn missing. I don't even know what that one does. Tarn. Uh, he flew an X Wing, came in the. Um... The shuttle, the or the rebel transport. He's one of the pilots who came there. Uh turn. Who else? Yeah, like all the Imperial What's Boba Fett. <laughs> no, that does not need to come back. Yeah. Um could you imagine? The Oh, West Jansen, Tarnmissen. Oh, there's uh, Tycho. Tycho, Selchu, and the A-Wing. Tycho was cool. That would be good. I miss Tycho. Uh, Tycho, Tarn, Wes. 
I miss doing Asajj. Lantarazi. So yeah, 1.0 tournament. Let's make it happen. So dumb. If we ever do like a big, big event, again, I will absolutely make a uh, 1.0 side tournament. Are the 1.0 squad builders still up? Yeah, yeah, 1.0 still up. Just you bring a printed 1.0 Yasby list, and that's it. Like cards and everything, and then we'll just use 2.0 components. Oh, Gemmer, Gemmer Sojin. I don't even know what that one does either. I have a lightweight frame back. Oh, yeah. What if everything is just three agility? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Key and Farlander. That one's just 10 on now, right, though? Is it? Oh. Yeah. I mean, we. Give me the the Ty V one title back. They could they could definitely use that. That, that would be nice. Lothals. Did they change the points on them? A ton of bot. Here at A ton of bot. No one is listening anymore. <laughs> no, people are like super into this stuff. They're just like uh, 1.0, This is why I hated it. Yeah, I would super like the like I mean like obviously like the like if we did two point of c- components like the obviously the um turrets wouldn't matter. It'd still be three sixty turrets unless you're a massage. Would you would things have to move back to like like would medium base ship what do you do with medium base ships? They go oh, back to they large, would probably large go back or small, to small like base. to wherever they were. Yeah. The U-wing becomes a large base ship and uh Or if you don't read the rules, I don't really care. And a Skurg becomes a small base. Yep, I mean, they're all there. And anything 2.0 just doesn't exist. Chewbacca. We didn't make this happen. So Brett, should what we would you wrap buy things up? I'm, I'm playing 100-point Miranda. No doubt about it. Jonathan, what would you run on the 1.0 tournament? Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, um, maybe as many of the X-Wings with the Renegade. Is it Renegade Refit? And oh, the five X-Wings. Oh, that was good. Ren- the... Oh, Renegade Refit and the Astromech. What was it called? There's like autopilot a... Drone. Or the uh, no. Autopilot Drone. There's an, there's an Astromech that was... Yeah, that was really good that came out at the end. The Flight Assist Astromech? Flight yeah. Assist, yeah. Flight assist, like all rookie pilots, all with renegade refit. God, what was that dumb thing? The integrated astromech that you pop it out. That was, I hate. That's what I hated about your list because you were like, "This does no damage because it's all going into my astromech." I'm like, fuck. It was like a really janky refit to sort of make the X-wing better because the X-wing was really bad for most of X-wing. It was the Tie Fighter. That was like the long-going argument of why 2.0 is like, well, uh, if someone walks past in the game store and uh, they see you guys playing X-Wing and don't see any X-Wings on the table, how are they supposed to know what the uh, that this is even a Star Wars game? And then it's like, if 
your squad of uh I don't know. A Thai no, and... a, a phantom, a Thai aggressor, and uh, just just all Thai models that are not in any of the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, four Dice Whisper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we can wrap this up. Uh, if you are a fan of the show, check us out on Facebook, but more importantly, check us out on Discord. That's where we're most active. I'm probably slurring at this point because I drank a whole bottle of it today. <laughs> if you want to play uh, uh, 1.0 X-Wing, I'm sure we can still find the... Holy we can find crap. the TTS they... mod. Dude, if there's a TTS mod of 1.0 X-Wing, that would be amazing. There is, oh, and then we can uh... see how much uh, TTS has changed. I still have the mod, no. I think. Oh. Can we... Can you fly off the board? Uh, can you like boost and barrel roll off the board again? Like in 1.0, you could boost and barrel roll off the board. Accident. Yeah, why not? Sure. Yeah. You couldn't. I, uh, couldn't you? Boost nah, I think you like, it. Well, if you boost, you didn't you die if you boosted off the board? No, nah, you just got to undo it. Yeah, undo it. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, one point no consequences. Yeah. Uh, you don't fail actions anymore. Holy crap. I'm going to check for a target lock against this ship that's three feet Holy away. Crap. We need to find the 1.0, the last 1.0 rules, and then find get that and be like... Didn't you fail target locks if it didn't? No. Like you, you, no. Picked, you, you do a specific ship, and then if you didn't do it, you failed, right? And yeah, then you right got wrong. to do another action. Range. You can write, check range and then do a different action if you did it. Uh. Holy crap, this is dumb. Yeah, boy, when we're talking about the rules, it's pretty dumb. We need, we, yeah, but if we do this tournament, we need to find the 1.0 rules and be like, we I, read these. For some reason, I thought you could barrel roll, accidentally barrel roll off the board and die in 1.0. Well, we will. I mean, no. They amended the rules reference when they, before they introduced Tractor, they put it in the rules reference that you could not barrel roll off the board. Maybe. Maybe like early 1.0. Because I seem to, well, remember how uh, you guys don't, like the way uh, they changed, the, it used to be that uh, large base ships barrel rolled the exact same way that small base ships did. So, like with the template held the same way, so you could massively move your large base ship. Yeah, that had to be changed, right? Like Dash was just doing dirty things of our. Remember, yeah. that, was, that was before my time, but I heard about it. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap everything up because um, we have delved into the darkest depths of X-Wing. So, thank you guys for listening. If you're a fan of the show, check us out on Discord, and have a great night.